the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Yes, welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I am happy for Mother's Day tomorrow. Did you get your act together? Did you help out and get your mother taken care of? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the You're best days of the year. You're not your fingers behind your back, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, Ma. That's right. That's yep. Right. Yep. Awesome. We'll, we'll see you shortly. So, there you uh, go. Yep. Very, very good. And uh, happy Mother's Day to my wife. And uh, the grandmother and everyone out there. So, you know, looking forward to a big family gathering. Uh, what about you? Well, yeah, absolutely. I just haven't figured out what to get my wife for, you know. you got you got to get your wife something for Mother's Day every year. And I'm like, hmm. But I'm working on it. Give her the day plus some. There you go. Do all That's the dishes. Right. Do the laundry. Yeah. Give her the date plus some. Definitely. There we go. That's what we all right. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosendahl's show here. You know, each week we start the show off with what's happened in the markets, the economy, you know, kind of a different week, same story. Press on a little bit this past week. Market rallied towards the end of the week there, and um, for the you know for the first time in a couple of weeks now, the markets are actually slightly positive for the year, which is good. Uh, still some, some talk and concerns about how the tariffs are going to play out. <clears throat> are the taxes really working? The, the new tax benefits, are they really working? What's happening there? You know, just give it some time. Let it all roll out. Wall Street needs clarity of direction. And when the tariff talk all gets settled over the next several weeks, uh, Wall Street will have a little bit more clarity of direction. Things will, will become a little bit easier to see where to move money towards or possibly away from. And again, the fear of interest rates is is prevalent uh, as in, as wages continue to rise, threats of inflation in the market and the economy. As we know, once interest rates get a little too high, they tend to choke off the economy, slow it down. That's what it's designed for. Stocks don't like that too much. Just a point, just just an observation here, I guess from the observation deck, Chris. In like February, it. yeah, there you go. In February this year, when we got the first uh, employment numbers for the month of January 2018, it showed that from January of 17 through January of 18, impl- uh, wages went up 2.9%. That spooked the market, shot the 10-year note up, and that's what everybody was afraid of. It got close to 3%. Well, right now, it's come back. Uh, fast forward to today, it's come back down and then back up again. 
and the markets are, are, are holding pat to it. So, you know, a three a 3% yield on the 10-year note, when you look at the history here, does not mean that stocks are going to roll over. It's okay. As long as interest rates sort of increase the way a plane takes off versus the way a helicopter takes off, things should be okay there. At the end of the day, make sure your portfolios are positioned for this part of the economy, for this part of the business cycle, rising interest rates, growth opportunities, corporate earnings expanding. Uh, don't forget to take a look over across seas at the international markets as well. What do you like for uh, being able to position your portfolio like that? What do you think? Just what I was talking about. You know, as far as the fixed income side goes or your bonds, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have bonds that have what we call credit risk rather than interest rate risk. That way, as interest rates continue to rise, your bond prices, you know, should remain more sta- stable, if not rise as well. You find that in the down. prospectus or in the, the deep? Yeah, there's two sides to the bond street, really, Chris. There, there's certain types of bonds that do well when interest rates are going down. They go up in value. On, on the other side, those bonds, you know, your corporate bonds, government bonds, things like that, when interest rates rise, they do bad. The principal value goes down. On the other side of the bond street, when the economy is expanding, you have bonds like floating rate funds or, or high-yield funds or even international funds that do well when, bond, when interest rates are rising. They tend to go up in value. So it just depends on, on what's going on in the interest rate world. Right now, we're in a rising interest rate cycle, so you need to make sure that your bonds have what we call credit risk instead of interest rate or duration risk. Well, that's the bond very, side of the market. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, very simple to solve. What about uh, what about your other types of investments? Still just dollar cost averaging into them, and like you would always. Well, take a look at different sectors. For example, you know, if you, if you re- remember when you add an asset class to a portfolio, you know, if you're going to invest in let's say large company stocks only, then you decide you decide you know what I'm going to take ten percent of my money and I'm going to put it in small company stocks. What you've done is you have now diversified a little bit by adding a different asset class from large cap to small cap stocks, you've now reduced your risk. You're adding a different sector, a different asset class. Then within those asset classes, you can have a sector. In other words, in large company stocks, you can have pharmaceutical stocks only, or you can have technology stocks only, or you can have uh, retail stocks only. So, so you have to take a look at dividing the pie, subdividing the pie. So you want to make sure that you're asset classes or your sectors are working well with what's going on in the current economy and what you see down the road with the economy. Again, we're in rising in a, we're in a rising interest rate cycle. How do certain stocks act in a rising interest rate cycle? Take your utility stocks. You know, they don't tend to do well when interest rates rise. On the other hand, technology stocks tend to lead the way when interest rates rise. So you take a look at what what's being forecasted on the interest rate side of things and and make make your make your assumptions that way. You still want to stay diversified uh, in, in in order to make sure you have a balanced mixture so that you know you you don't over risk yourself either. Well this is just experience when you're you know when you're talking about these kinds of things, which is wonderful having a financial planner with that kind of experience and you can understand when you say things like well, technology stocks tend to do well in rising interest rate markets. Not everybody knows that, but a good financial planner does. So, you know, it's not just it's experience. So that's why it's important to have one a fellow like it, you in your pocket. It is. I mean, I was uh, talking with an advisor uh, not not too long ago, uh, within the last several days. 
uh, he he doesn't work for us, but uh, I was I was speaking with him, and um, uh, I I you know we were going back and forth on certain ideas and things, and and then I asked him, I said, you know, re- remind me again of the last down market you went through. Is well, I've never been in a down market. <laughs> He's new in the industry, and I said, okay, well, see, these are some of the things you need to look at, and you'll learn when it comes around around all this. But anyway, you know, what, whatever. Make again, it boils down to understand what you own and understand how the things that you own in in flat interest rates and in rising interest rates and in declining interest rates in times when the PE ratios are high just right low in times when the expand when the economy is expanding slowly or rapidly understand how all these different uh, uh, monetary issues uh, affect what you own as well as fiscal policy you know right now we've got a lot of fiscal things on the move we've got the tariffs that are going on we also have new tax programs in place that people are sort of wondering, you know, how is this going to play out next April on my tax return? How is this going to play out in the corporation that you own or that you work at? You know, so there's a lot of unknowns in all of that. So make sure that you understand where your where your um, uh, investments are and, and know what you own. In addition to that, at some point, at some point down the road, I don't see this now, but at some point down the road, as long as you're, I think I see where you're going with this conversation, Chris, at some point down the road, you're going to ultimately win by not losing. At some point, the economy is going to slow down, whether it's next year, the year after, five years, whatever it may be. At some point down the road, that's when you have to make the tough decisions, and that's when you have to say, you know, I, I see where we've been. I see where we are now. Maybe it's time to take some of it off the table. Those are the harder decisions as to when and then where to put those dollars too. So, you know, at the end of the day, watch what you own, monitor, understand what how they react in, in different types of, of market conditions. And I would say you're being humble, but I would say also have somebody who really understands the markets and understands things, like a good financial planner. And you would probably say that as well, have a good financial planner or somebody who understands these things to help you perform that portfolio and get the portfolio in place. Yes, I would, Chris. <laughs> yes, I definitely would. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning, retirement questions, questions on the market, the economy, stocks, bonds, whatever it may be, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. 
Buying confidence when you have your loan first certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Now, here's Larry Rosenthal. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. That telephone number rings in the office during the week as well, so keep it in mind. You know, put it on a sticky and keep it handy. It's 855-767-3123. Larry. Chris, picking up on what we just left off at the top of the show, talking about the risk of your investments, really. I mean, let's let's just dive down here, go off subject a little bit today. And, and since, you know, we we were talking about not, uh, we were talking about winning by not losing. What I mean by that is, is understand the risk of what you own. When, when the stocks and the, and the market goes up and down, well, first of all, a lot of people right now, Chris, think that the market is down for the year and it's not. We've just seen some volatility from February, March and April, up through now, the market's actually up a couple percentage points year to date. So if you look at the S&P in 2017, it did about seven, about 19%. Right now, it's up a couple of points. Not a bad back-to-back start so far. But if you look at what it did in January, it was up six and then back down, and now it's climbed back up to a little positive. That's what people are starting to see on their statements. They're starting to go, hey, what's going on? What's all this volatility? And it comes back again to understanding the risk inside your investments here. One of those risks things as well that is overlooked is, first of all, describe how to, how, how to figure out your risk. And I also want to talk about a hidden risk that not a lot of people are aware of or pay attention to until February or March of the following year. And by then, it's a little too late. And that is the embedded tax risk in your investments. What do I mean by that? You know, sometimes when mutual funds tend to buy and sell a lot throughout the year, and we're talking about a mutual fund not inside an IRA or a 401K plan, but a non-qualified, a taxable account, if you will, that that mutual funds buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell all year long. At the end of the year, that mutual fund could very well kick out a capital gain tax to you. Well, that's why I stay away from from non-qualified stuff, because I don't want to deal with the taxes. There you go. You want it all tax-deferred, right? Yeah, yeah, Compound yeah. interest plus tax deferral can make for a nice pile of sum down the road, right? Right. But sooner or later, it's not tax-exempt. It's just deferred. you got to pay the taxes. Yeah, but it beats the heck out of paying capital gains taxes. Well, when you have a tax, when you yeah, but when you have a tax-deferred account, you pay ordinary income taxes. 
uh, a capital gains account is capital gains. It's taxed at a lower rate. At least it is today. Who knows what it's going to be, Chris, since you're only 29 by the time you get down the road, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, but, I know, you know I liked at, you at, for some reason. <laughs> there you go. But, hey, at the end of the day, again, the IRS looks at all of our money through four different tax lenses. And, and we're going to pay the taxes one way or the other. We just need to build out a tax strategy plan while we're growing our money, while we're distributing our money, and then while we're passing our assets on to heirs and charities. That's the big key here. So so unpacking the risk of our investments, we want to take a look at, at something, you know, when you see your statement or your principal going up and down, you know, the principal fluctuating, that's something you want to look at and, and call it the standard deviation. How much of my money is going up and down, flying up and down on my statements? Can you handle the fluctuation or the volatility of principle? How much can you handle? How little do you want? How much do you want? Another another way of looking at your risk is also something called the beta. We've talked about beta before in, in, on this show many, many times. The S&P, well, all your indexes out there have a beta, but let's just use the most popular one, the S&P 500. It has a beta of 1.00. So when you lump all of your investments together, you got 5% in this investment, 15% in that investment, so forth and so on, until the total is up 100% of your investments, and you can put in cash, including that. Now you have a beta, let's suppose, of 0.85. That means that your overall investments have 15% less systematic risk than the S&P 500. On the other hand, if, if the sum total of your, your, your investments equal a beta of 1.1, that means you have 10% more risk. So as the market goes up, you should go up higher than the market. And when it comes down, you should go down lower than the market. Here's the, 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 the objective. Here's the bottom line to this, Chris. When your investments go up, that's something called upside capture. When the investments go down, it's something called downside capture. So if your investments have a 100 on the upside and an 85 on the downside, that means that when the market's going up, you're capturing 100% of that increase. And when the market's going down, you're only capturing 85% of the decrease. That's a very handsome upside and downside capture. How do you get this? What do you do? Well, take your investments, put them into a, a Zephra, a, a Morningstar. You know, different companies out there will help you grade your investments. If you don't have subscriptions to these softwares, get with a financial advisor. Say, hey, you know what? I just want to take a second look. We've, been, we've had a long run since 2008. I want to assess the risk of my portfolio. Remember, 2008 was 10 years ago. We're now 10 years older. Can we afford another downside hit to our portfolios? Some yes, some no, right? And so take your, your investments to a financial advisor. Ask him or her, hey, listen, I'll pay you you know, your hourly wage, spend 90 minutes with me, go through my investments, and grade me on my downside and upside capture ratios. How much risk am I carrying in my portfolios today? Am I diversified enough? You know, and and you know, it's it's money well worth being spent. It really is. When you when you get educated from someone who knows how to look at this stuff, it, he or she can really sit down with you and, and tell you, hey, you know what? You might want to trim a little here, or maybe maybe you're you're a little overweight here. Back this off. Things like that. It's important to understand that upside downside capture. If you want to get some information on this, feel free to give us a ring eight five five rose one two three or visit my website larryrosenthal.com. We'd be more than happy to send you out some information on what it all is, upside and downside capture, the standard deviation, beta, all the 
these Wall Street slang terms. Basically, we need to know what we we need to understand what we have, and what market or economic forces make what we own in our portfolios do very well, or have a little bit of stress on them. That's the bottom line. Well, I think what you said at the beginning of that the whole comment is just wise anyway, and, and I think it's biblical to seek wisdom in all things that you do. You know, I think what you're talking about is wise, wise, wise. And yes, it is. Not only do you seek the wisdom of somebody who's been in the business and understands it and has that knowledge, but also the Lord. You've got to keep that in mind. I know you talk about it a lot. Well, it's all the Lord's, Chris. He gives us the, the ability to go out and, and have a job and, and do things. And, and, and the assets that we have, they're all provided by him. Everything's provided by him. You know, and we need to be good stewards with it all and figure out how to give more, and figure out what he wants us to do with it all. So oh, absolutely. Amen. Yep. Amen. Yep, Should we definitely. take some calls? Yes, let's open up the phone lines. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Hey, let's shoot on over to the district and welcome Jason on the line. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? I'm pretty good. What about you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Hey, just had a general question. I was listening to the show. Um, you know, I'm in my early 30s, and uh, besides, like, my employer contributing, like, 5% of my annual salary, I recently opened up, like, a retirement option that they have, uh, state government, like a 457 plan two years ago. I just had a general question of, like, if I'm looking to invest in retirement, what other things should I be thinking of outside of just, like, plans that, like, you know, my employer sponsors? Because I feel like a lot of times when I'm just throwing it in my savings account, it's just it's almost a waste of letting it sit there. That's a great question, Jason. I want you to have money in the bank because you need it for emergencies and vacations and things like that. Keep pounding the money into your retirement plan at work. But in addition to that, maybe take a look at a Roth, a Roth IRA. Because here's the scenario. On the money that's going into your 457 plan, it's probably going on the pre-tax side of the plan, meaning that when you pull it out down the road, you're going to have to pay taxes on the principal you put in as well as the growth. If you're eligible to put money into a Roth IRA, then that money goes in after tax. And the advantage is that while it's in there, there's no taxes. It's tax deferred. And if you wait to, for five years or to 59 and a half to pull it out, it's all going to come out tax-free. So you can have a, 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 a scenario where you're getting a tax deduction today through your employer's plan and some tax-free income down the road from the Roth IRA. So that's one of the ways you look at it. Think of it in three different baskets of diversification. One basket is I need tax diversification, which is what I just sort of described to you there. The second basket is I need to have product diversification because in your employer's plan, most likely the only thing that you can put money into are mutual funds, whereas in the Roth or anything outside of your employer's plan, you can put money in mutual funds, ETFs, UITs, individual stocks, bonds, and a whole bunch of other investment product tools. Third scenario is asset allocation. Um, make sure that you, you select the best investments in the, be in the correct asset classes within your employer's plan, and then any money that you save outside of it, you want to sort of wrap that around, making it look like a puzzle piece, wrapping it around the best choices that you have, because your employer's plan is very limited as the scope of your investment choices. Does that make sense? Another follow-up question to that, then. In terms of, like, when you're saying choose the best allocations, what's the best gauge for that? Is it to look at, like, what the, you know, 1 versus 5 versus 10-year uh, return was on something? So, like, allocate 
in, in most, or, you know, diversify, like, in your percentage points, but is it best just to throw things in that have the best return long-term? Or how do you kind of, what's the criteria for that? Well, the criteria for that is really to sort of sit down and read the tea leaves of the economy, okay? What you're talking about is looking at past performance in an old economy, in old markets. You sort of have to get educated a little bit or sit down with a financial advisor and say to him or her, hey, where do you think the markets are going? Where do you think the economy's going? They can give you some literature and, and some ideas on how to read and, and sort of self-educate yourself on that. I can give you some websites and material that, that I look at pretty much almost daily um, to see what's going on in the economy, the markets, Fed policy, fiscal policy, all that kind of stuff. That helps you determine, hey, I want to be in large cap growth or emerging market debt or things like that. That's what I'm talking about, the asset classes. Remember, the asset class selection makes up for over 90-some percent of your portfolio's long-term rate of return. So being in the correct asset class, mid-cap, small-cap, international bonds, whatever it is, that's what's going to drive your rate of return. Because all the mutual funds and ETFs that are in that space, they're going to come along for the ride, okay? Some will do better than others in years, you know, uh, in, in different years. However, it's the asset class selection. I'll send you some info out on that if you'd like. Um, yeah, that'd be great. All right, Jason, let me go ahead and put you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you, and we'll send it out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at 855-ROSE-123. Let's uh, shoot on over to Maryland. Good, good morning. How can I help you today? Good morning. Um, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Great. Good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I have a um, IRA that is going to be out of the withdrawal um, penalty fees. So I want to know whether they should turn the roll that into a Roth, or I have another IRA. If I could combine that with the other one to reduce these different IRAs scattered all over the place. If you have different accounts that are scattered all over the place and they're like registered, there's no reason why you wouldn't move them into one IRA. If you had three IRAs, three traditional IRAs and two Roth IRAs, you could just end up having one traditional IRA and um, one, one Roth IRA and make your life a little bit more simple as far as paperwork goes and account numbers and things like that. Now, some products inside an IRA may prohibit you from doing that. If you had money in, say, a private REIT or an annuity or something like that, you may not be able to change those registrations over. I don't know what products you have in there, yeah. but there's no reason why you cannot go ahead and um, uh, simply merge the IRAs like-to-like -like type of a, a, a scenario. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, but thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Let's welcome John on the line. Good morning, John. How are you today? Uh, good morning. I'm doing well. Um, I just have a financial planning question for you. So I lost my job, and I didn't max out my 401k on my employer's plan. And so I'm wondering, I've got some extra money left over. What's the best way to, to put that money away tax-free? Is there a 403B, 401K, or, or what's that investment vehicle I should use to put the rest of my contribution in this year? Are you working at a new employer now? No, totally unemployed. Okay, so the best the, the, 
the, the, the choice that you have right now is a little path in the tax code, and it's going to work like this. It's going to, it's going to take a look at your, your, your marital status, and then it's going to take a look at whether or not you're participating in a plan this year or your spouse is, and then what your adjusted gross income is. If your adjusted gross income drops below a certain number, then you're going to be able to, if you're married filing jointly, then you're going to be able to contribute up to $6,500 if you're over 50 this year into an IRA, and that's pretty much the max out that you can do. If you're married and you want your spouse to, to maybe put more money into her f- retirement plan at work, then you can ask her to increase her her uh, contribution levels so that she's starting to max it out, and then some of this leftover money that you have possibly supplement her paycheck that was coming in. So there's a couple of choices there that you can really look at. Does it does it make any sense? I mean, if I start a small business on the side, um, are, are there other vehicles I can use, you know, just as a small business owner? Yes. If you wanted to start a small business right now, then you can look at what's called a SEP plan, S-E-P, Simplified Employee Pension Plan. And it's basically, you know, it's it's your taxable income is what's going to determine how much you can put away into that. And you can put up to, uh, I don't have the chart in front of me, but I believe it's around forty-eight grand is what you can put away uh, into a SEP plan. Now, you need to get that started pretty soon. And, and let's suppose that you make $100,000 gross and it costs you $30,000 of marketing expense and computers and things like that. So the income of 70000 will fall through to your tax return. That's the W-2 income in this scenario that you would be able to uh, calculate for your SEP contribution. And, and that's, John, that's... I, actually have, I actually have a couple of spreadsheets, uh, uh, like a little package on the differences between a simple 401 or a, a uni 401k, a simple IRA, a SEP plan, and regular Roth and regular traditional IRAs sort of, sort of for a small business owner starting out. I'll go ahead and send that out to you and give you some literature to, to sift through if you like. Uh, that would be great, and I can't thank you enough for your advice today. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and put you on hold, and, and Bob will get your, your email, and we'll shoot it on out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's shoot back over to the district and welcome Marion on the line. Good morning, Marion. How are you? Um, I am applying for a reverse mortgage, and I'm sort of troubled between uh, accepting the fixed rate or an adjustable rate. Could you give me the pros and cons of both? Yes, a fixed rate means that your mortgage payment will not go up. Uh, I'm sorry. You're doing a reverse mortgage, right? Yeah. Okay. The I, I've never heard of the reverse mortgage being on a variable rate. Okay? Okay. So, so that may be something new that I'm not aware of, and if that's the case, then it could be the mortgage indebtedness. Okay, the, the, the debt levied against the home while you're receiving your payments could actually go up if interest mm-hmm. rates rise. Okay. So I would recommend that you keep a fixed rate versus okay. the variable rate because we are moving into a rate-rising environment over the next handful of years. So mm-hmm. I would suggest the fixed rate. That way you know that when those payments come to you, 
the the payments cannot accelerate due to market conditions. That, that okay. So I would look at the fixed rate, okay? Okay. Hey, let's welcome David on the line. Good morning, David. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Yes, uh, I have a, a question. I guess it's a two-part question in terms of IRAs and real estate. I was told by uh, another investor that you could transfer retirement from, um, funds to a self-redirected IRA and all of it that you use in a real estate transaction is tax-free. Is that true? Ooh, be very, very careful here, David, okay? Um, there are um, very strict rules, very specific rules about having real estate, prop, real property in your IRA, okay? Okay. And they fall under some self-dealing rules is what they're called. If it's done improp- or incorrectly, then you could actually lose the tax-deferred uh, status and everything instantly become taxable to you. So okay. I would get some education on this. Um, there's a, uh, a book that goes into it. It's uh, actually by Ed Slott. It's called The Retirement Time Bomb. And in that book, I don't know what page it's on, it, he outlines it very well, okay? Um, so, so if you want some information on that, we can we can pass it on to you. But I would be very careful before you go looking at that scenario. It can be done, but I would be careful about it. Okay. If you want, I'll put you on hold, and we'll get some information to you yeah, on please. on real estate inside the IRAs. Appreciate the phone call. Listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. Let's welcome Teresa on the line. Good morning, Teresa. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Is this Mr. Rosenthal? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I just I had a question. Uh, right now I'm going through a um, separation and divorce, and I've been in the federal government for a short time now, about 10 years. So it's a little money uh, in um, uh, what we call our FERS account. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am, yes. Um. So... Um, I need I need some help with taking care of my legal fees. Is there a penalty, or how will I go about borrowing that? Because I, I thought I can get questions from my admin folks, but the ones that we have right now are, are sort of new at this. Well, I'm sorry to, to hear this, but I do know, Teresa, that you can take a loan from your TSP account. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in government? No. Okay. There's there's guidelines as to how much you can withdraw, maximum of two loans, and I believe it's fifty thousand um, dollars. But even you, if you haven't contributed, because I just start contributing um, just last December, it haven't even been a year. Um, you're gonna have to ask OPM then, because I know you can on your end of it. Uh, they may have a special rule there with a minimum amount in, in the account to begin with that I may not be familiar with. Okay. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate the All phone right. call, but contact OPM, and they, they might be able to direct you a little bit better. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense 
in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you would like to dial in to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in the studio, let me give you a phone number right now, 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. That's eight five five Rose one two three. We have some lines available for you to talk to Larry here this morning. Larry, absolutely. You know, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the first page there, on all the bottoms of the pages, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Connect with us on Facebook. Awesome. I was just, uh, yep. I was just. Uh, You're becoming social media, a social media guy. That's we right. We are rolling out all kinds of improvements <laughs> there. Yes. Give us a ring with any of your personal finance questions today. We're all over the map. I love it. We're talking about IRAs, 401ks, business owners starting retirement plans, refinancing, reverse mortgages. Love it. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Yes. Good morning, Larry. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, you were talking about uh, beneficiaries of wills and so forth, and uh, I, I was had a question, uh, and and also, would you send me that packet you mentioned? Absolutely. Um, the 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 question I have can the can the uh, uh, benef- can a beneficiary beneficiary also be the uh, 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 what is, what's the what do you call somebody the who, executor? Oh, the executor or trustee? Yeah. yeah. Can, yes. can the executor and the beneficiary be one and the same? Yes. They can. Okay. Yes. Do you see any any uh, problem with that? Uh, is there, um, there a, you know, typically the way – the, the, well, the answer to your question specifically, Dan, is yes and no. And here's – just let me just give you a sort of a play out of it. Let's suppose uh, – I don't know. Somebody has three children as an example – and they name the uh, they name one of the children as executor. That's what right. I have. Yeah. And okay. And and so the executor decides. You know, I'm going to do this myself. I'm not going to include my other two siblings on everything that's going on. I'm just going to go ahead and disperse it. And if one of the other siblings goes, you know, I'm not sure the older brother or whatever it was dispersed all this correctly, that could create a problem. So. As long as there's transparency and communication and the family gets along well, it should be okay, but there can be problems, and I have seen it. I have seen it with with people, unfortunately, where 
Um, I've seen people get so so frustrated with it all. They they've now denied. They they've now decided to not continue to be trustee or executor anymore. They've just turned it over and said, "Well, we're just going to have the courts do it. I'm not dealing with it, and it's just going to cost us all the more money." You know, I've seen uh, and I've seen it go through very very smooth. So it really just depends on well, what I would suggest, Dan, is to have a family meeting and say, you know, we're all mature enough. We understand we're not going to live forever, and this is what I'd like to have happen. Are you guys okay with it? You know, that type of thing. I see. Um, yeah. and, and then some people are, are struggled doing that, too, because they're like, well, I don't want my kids to know what I have, and I don't want them to be looking at me with dollar signs or, or not. And so it's, it's very different and unique, and it's not right or wrong, but it's just unique to each family situation. You know your family the best, and the best thing that I can say is to sit down with a with a piece of paper and, and list out the assets, list out your heirs, and start drawing little lines between them and putting percentage marks on there, and then think about, you know, do I want this person to receive, you know, I don't know, 25% in a lump sum, or would it be better for this person to receive it over a period of, let's say, three years? Or, you know, well, I've I've lent my one son money, uh, over the years, now do I need to equalize the inheritance by not giving him as much when you pass? You know, I see yeah. all these conversations come up all the time with people, and I see, and yeah. and the best system that I've seen to accomplish families' goals in this, it's kind of a two or three step process. And the first thing is for you, like I mentioned, to list out your your assets. List out the people and charities that you want to get and put some percentage figures there. And then sit down with a financial advisor, myself or or, or someone who's used to doing this with people. And then after you sort of get together a general idea at a 10,000-foot view that you're comfortable with, that's when you take it to the attorney to sit down and say, okay, now this is what we want to have happen. Make it work. Um, but if you sit down with the attorney first to try and figure all that stuff out, you, you, it, it, it may get rushed a little bit is what, is what I found. So sit down with the advisor at first to, to do that and then then uh, go take it to the attorney like that. And I, I've got some info on that if you like. Uh, and I can send you out some basics in estate planning and different things like that too, Dan, if you want. Okay, great, great. Let much. me put you on hold, sir, and uh, Bob will get some contact info from you, and we'll be happy to send that out to you next week, okay? Thanks very much. Yep, just a moment. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Oh, well, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you some advice. Um, we, My mom had passed away this past year, and she kindly um, gave us a pretty decent amount of inheritance. It's a little over 100000 and. What we have right now is it's in a it's in a one place, but it's in three separate 401k accounts. And what we the timing of it was amazing because um, we we decided we're going to use all of it for our two girls' college tuition for most of it anyway. They're both going to private colleges, and um, we want to know how do we get taxed on that, and is there a best way to pull it out so we can get taxed the least? Because that's the thing we really feel like we don't understand that a lot. Well, the um, first of all, you have to you you have to put the money into a an inherited type of an IRA. Okay. Yes. Now, before the has that already been done? Yes, it has, and it basically got put into three 
I guess, different types of accounts. It's, it's a big company that okay. I think a lot of the money was kind of there, so we just put it all there, and it's in three different places, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so un- unfortunately, the answer to your question is pretty much this, is you're not going to be able to take those dollars out and, and without paying taxes on the money. Okay. Okay. So, so if you were over 70 and a half, you could make a contribution to a nonprofit organization for your RMDs, but, but that's not the okay. case here. So you're going to no, have to just, yet. yep, you're just going to have to pull those dollars out now. We can get really fancy and tell you to take an equity loan from your home because loans aren't taxable and then use the money from the IRA distributions to make that extra loan payment on the mortgage and the interest might offset it. But, you know, that's really probably not the best way to do it. But it is a way, one other way that you could look at it. But I would probably just say, you know, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your mom passing. Oh, thank you. Yep. And then secondly, the blessing that she's left y'all. You know, if she wanted to go to pay for the college, then then this is how she left it, and 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 have it go for it that way. You know, and and uh, it's a you know it's a, education's priceless. So um, yeah, and you yeah. know, especially we we just were amazed by that. But yeah, I think this was like entering a whole new world for us because you know, and then my husband, you know, just depends on what he's making, how much we get taxed because that money gets added to his salary, right? It gets added like to his to your taxable income, and that brings up another right. point there, Lisa, is maybe you can look at your husband to see if he can start putting more money into his retirement plan on a pre-tax okay. basis. That could lower your taxes. So really, oh. we really we need to take sit down and take a look at your, your income, your last year's tax return, and then the distributions for colleges with this money and see if we can net out you know, a lower way to pay ultimately pay tax on all these dollars that, that you're receiving uh, for, yeah. for, for the college. So so that's a way, right. too. So do you work with a tax preparer? If not, then I can refer you to one, and you can sit down with him or her and take a good look at maybe trying to maximize some things that way. And it might save you, you know, a couple thousand dollars here or there, which is still a lot of money. Well, a couple thousand dollars is, yeah, a couple thousand dollars is a couple thousand dollars. You know, we would love that. We'd love to get that information. Thank you. Yep. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll send you out uh, to our, our – uh, we'll send you our CPA's information. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Lynn on the line. Good morning, Lynn. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you, Larry? I'm well. How can I help you? Well, I appreciate you taking my call. I have one main question and then another one, but the first one is about my RMD. I'm going to turn 70 and a half, and I understand that I don't have to take it out right then. I can def- defer it till the end of the year is something like that. Is that correct? Yes. Actually, you can defer it a little bit further. You have until April 1st of the year following you turn 70 and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then uh, that means next year you've got to take out two. Oh, you've got to well, take the one for this year by April 1st and then the one for next year by December 31st. All right. Then I'll just take t- this year's this year. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I, I was wondering, though, I do understand that I can donate part of it or I can donate to a charity and not have to pay taxes on it. It would be donated directly. Is that correct? That is correct, up to $100,000. That's Do correct. I have to donate the whole amount, or can I just designate a certain amount? Nope, you can designate a certain amount. Okay. Oh, that's great. And um, what? Do you have any recommendations? Is what I uh, could or should do with what's left over? 
after I've donated part yeah. of it. So, so Lynn, it sounds like to me you're in a situation of where you don't need the money to live off of, right? Not at this point, no. Yeah, and so that's part of the problem with this required minimum distribution, just just so that I can clue people in here. When you're 70 and a half, you're forced to take money out of your retirement plans, whether you want the money or not, like in Lynn, like in your case here, Lynn. So you're looking to say, you know what, I want to I donate some money to a charity, and our tax laws are favorable in that manner, which is a good thing. Secondly, you're going to receive a balance of the money, and you're going, well, gee, I don't need this money, so you're going to have to pay tax on it, and then what can you do? Most people will then turn around and just reinvest it back into another account of theirs to continue to grow. Some people will go ahead and maybe gift it to kids or grandkids for them to use. or, or, or and, and then other people will even use it in what's called a wealth replacement plan, Lynn, where you'll take the money and they'll buy a special type of life insurance policy so that down the road one day when you go to heaven, all this money – will actually have multiplied substantially greater through the, the insurance proceeds that are tax-free to their heirs. So I see people do you know all three of those types of scenarios there. It just depends on what you want to do with the dollars and, and how you want to use these, 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 these dollars okay. um, for, for your family. Because if you think about it, one day you're going to pass, and you're still going to most likely have money sitting inside these IRAs and these retirement plans, right? Yes, I would like to have some to leave to my um, children and exactly. my uh, grandkids. Right, and then so now if if you just leave the IRAs to the kids and grandkids, they're tax-infested, right? Because they're if they pull the money out, they're going to have to pay taxes on it at their tax bracket at that time. But if you take these RMDs, these required minimum distributions, and you pull it out, let's suppose it's 10000 a year just to do math easy here on the air – you pay $3,000 or so in taxes. Now you have that $7,000. If you take that $7,000 and put it into a wealth replacement plan, that plan may buy you $400,000 of tax-free life insurance so that when you pass, not only do your heirs receive the balance of what's inside the IRAs, but in addition, they receive the life insurance proceeds tax-free as well. So that's sort of a very easy 10,000-foot view over the radio wealth replacement plan on, on what some people do with their required minimum distribution money that's left over. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I hadn't heard of the wealth replacement plan before. Yep, lots of people do it. And this is one of the ways that wealthy people really cascade money from one generation to the next. They, they take money that would otherwise be taxed to Uncle Sam, and they spend a little bit of it to replace it back with insurance proceeds that are tax-free. And then families do this generation after generation. That's how you hear about, oh, these people have all this money all the time. But it's, it's done through insurance a lot, of, a lot of the times that way. If you want, Lynn, I'll be happy to put you on hold, and we'll send you out some information and, and diagrams on how that works. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up with any of your financial planning or investment questions. As you see, we cover the whole nine yards, A through Z. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. you listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. 
Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal himself here in studio. If you'd like to dial in, it's 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. You know, Chris, in, in, in visiting with clients, you know, we, we, we meet with lots of clients uh, day in and day out, working on retirement plans, college funding, estate planning, charitable giving, you know, pretty much the whole nine yards. And one of the interesting things that, that comes up quite often and I always find it very interesting, this conversation, is to be realistic about rates of return, be realistic about inflation pressures, be realistic about taxation. Many, many people out there feel that they're always going to get a better rate of return than the next person. <laughs> so when we sit down and run financial plans, one of the things that we do at our firm is we make sure that we're running a, a abnormally higher rate of inflation against your income. We run the current tax scenario because that's built into the software. The key point here is that when you, when you separate out the inflation figures, the tax figures, the rates of return figures, um, and, and you start playing around with those variables in a financial plan in front of a client, the client, you can really see, the client can really see the impact of an inflation number, of a different rate of return, of a different tax structure. You know, the uh, client can really see the, the difference between working for another year or retiring a little bit earlier for, for living off of $7,000 a month versus $6,500 a month. All these little variables, think of them as little levers you can push and pull and, and, and do slide bars in the financial plan. It's very interesting to see. And and then, you know, you can get really engaged with it. So so people need to be very realistic about their investment returns down the road, um, you know, during your retirement years. Remember, when you retire, there's a good chance that, that you, you may have a, a, a pension and Social Security income. And then the rest of your income is either going to come from working after retirement or the market returns, the stock and bond market for, you know, 25, 30 years down the road. So be realistic when you're when you're building out this financial plan. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal show. And it looks like, Larry, we are just about out of time once again. It goes fast whenever I'm talking to you, Chris. Zip, zip, zip. Yeah, that's and it's Mother's Day tomorrow. And yeah. Wow. Are you going to do something special tonight? Uh, well, or tonight? Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow i got a big family deal going on. Oh, you always do. I always yep. got something on the Barbie. 
It'll be fun. Yeah, it's awesome. I always want to go to Larry's house when it has those barbecue things going. <laughs> Do we have an invite? You see, that's, this is my turn now because you're always inviting people over to my house. We're all going to meet at your house. How does that sound? Bring it on, man. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm always ready for that. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend then, sir. Absolutely. You too. So, Bob in the back, I see you waving back there, Bob. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Happy Mother's Day out there. Current moms, expected moms, grandmothers, everybody. Have a wonderful, blessed Mother's Day weekend. Uh, and I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of your Making Money Sense. Recognizing. Big news. In the last two weeks, Simply Safe won Editor's Choice Awards from CNET Magazine, PC Magazine, and The Wirecutter, three respected product testers. They put Simply Safe through a battery of tests. To- three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.